0: How's
1: it going? Pretty good, man. Welcome to Instagram Live.
0: My first time. I'm super excited.
1: Awesome, man. Glad to have you back. Um, We were supposed to come on on Friday and then had to reschedule last minute, but uh, good to finally get it done. Yeah, so you've been on the podcast, and I thought it'd be fun to get you on live as well because uh, you come at the the problems that we're all facing with COVID-19, especially as an entrepreneur and also as an educator and also as a community worker, right? Yeah, um, you're you're someone who's frequently been online now, more so uh, more on socials, trying to promote your own um, following on, online about like uh, the mind, the uh, min, I, I can't pronounce this.
0: <laughs> Meister mindset.
1: There you go. That's a tongue twister for me. I don't know. I don't know why, but uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So really, to get into it, man, how are you doing? And how's the apocalypse?
0: Uh Crazy man! Thanks for thanks for asking and and mm-hmm. you know, really appreciate being on here. Um, yeah, it's 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 been uh, interesting time for me because, as you said, I'm I'm in a um, rolling with a, a lot of different things and how each of those organizations are adjusting mm-hmm. to this environment um, and also on my personal life adjusting to uh, this new new environment. It's been uh, it's been interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, on Comduit's side, uh, we don't have any volunteers um, on, on location at, at the moment. Um, so we're thankful for that. Everybody's safe in their, um, you know, home countries, uh, so to speak. Um, and we're working closely with our partners uh, to see how we can support, um, if, if anything, from our side um, and keeping appraised of, of what's going on back home as well.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you're really experiencing this at a at a multi multi level because from conduit, at like an international level. You're dealing with a lot of international moving parts. Uh, with uh, computer college, you're you're dealing with education, yeah. which is now shifted virtual. I mean, last we talked last week, uh, you're talking about you know adjusting to this new normal of everything being virtual online. One of the marketplaces that you have with uh, with uh, What's at Computech, is that the, you bring in people who need the benefit of working in a classroom, or working face-to-face, who are very old-school in that kind of mindset, yes. uh, into one place. And now they are disrupted as well and forced to be online. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, is that a blessing in disguise? Is that forcing people to go virtual and, and to become uh, part of, like, the, more of a modern workforce? Or is it hampering growth and development?
0: Great question. Great question. Um, you know, it's interesting when you said blessing in disguise, um, you know, uh, it, it is kind of like that, but I think you need to, it's hard to think that way in moments of chaos, but you know, there are golden opportunities when, uh, there are, chaos. I think we talked about this when, um, you know, when we're in the in-person, uh, yeah, session um, about, about finding opportunities in chaos. And for us, at conference, we actually had a rollout to, um, as you said, we don't believe, at least to support our demographic of students, we don't do um, purely online training, but we do supportive, like, videos and materials. And um, we've been using Google Classroom for, for a couple of years now. But we had a plan to roll out... Um, you know, a bit of online training because that is the reality of the workforce that many of our students are going into. And that okay. was a plan that we had over this year, 2020. Um, and we had to do that essentially in like two days. Mm. Um, so it was an incredible, um, you know, in uh, like drive from my entire dream that during this crisis, they all stepped up yeah Um, we got you know we're regulated by the ministry so we got a notice from the ministry saying let us know what your alternative measures are um in in terms of education or are you going to completely shut down you know what what are the options and for our demographic brother like we have you know people that are they don't have um laptops or computers at home um some of them i i just had a student today that just landed um, recently so doesn't have a mobile phone doesn't have a lot of that you know a lot of people would take for granted how do you continue that person's education um, how do you get them comfortable with a lot of the technology that they need to be comfortable in to, to continue to educate in that environment so it's been a um, it's been a massive challenge but my instructors really stepped up my staff really stepped up and you know we're, we've been running in terms of like minimal, you know, I think the ministry's, uh, well, I know the ministry's rule is 50 in terms of, um, you know, population in in, uh, in any given area. And we're at about like twenty twenty five 25 uh, on both campuses. But that's really for um, supporting people that don't have the opportunity to uh, um, you know, access the internet but I mean, I think Ford just made an announcement uh, uh, today to shut down everything um, as of Wednesday. And you know, this past week um, we really had the opportunity to set everybody up um, so that we're able to co to c- fully comply with that.
1: That's great. So you're preemptively sort of moving, migrating everyone online and training them on how to connect with resources online. Is that right? Yeah,
0: and. And like I said, there's people that don't have that access and people that are not comfortable with that. So we've had to stay open at a minimal capacity to get those people there, give them printed documents because they can't go to the library and print them out, um, uh, printed material so that they can keep up with the curriculums um, or show them how they can access that online. Like, you know, the other reality is you're, you're, you know, trying to access your Uh, but your kids are streaming videos or, or whatever. Right. Um, And, and how do you navigate that and and continue to, um, you know, support yourself in terms of your education? There's so many challenges there. um, But, you know, I'm, I'm grateful and appreciative of the teachers that are on board and, and going the extra mile to support the students Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the students that are, you know, being patient and understanding, uh, in terms of this new environment that they we're kind of forcing them into, right yeah. um, But it's an interesting space but, you know as a uh, you know uh, as part of the leadership team for the organization, it really at the end of the day you you see for us it's, it's the values that each member has in terms of the organization, right At the end of the day, we're here to support the students and we all believe that education is a way to bring that person up. So if we take that education away from them, we're taking a lot of hope away, right? And especially for our students who are, you know, uh, refugees in some case, um, highly educated, working at, you know, um, fast food restaurants, you know, taking away that hope is, is, like, um, you know, a, a huge mental torture um, for them forward. So we've, we've positioned ourselves as the support for them in all things, not just the education, but in their experience here in Canada, as they um, attempt to integrate into the Canadian workforce. And i so proud of my team. Like I can say that as a leader, hey, as a CEO, this is what we want to do. But at the end of the day, it's the entire team that implements that. And that comes back to the values, right? So, you know, just as I was thinking about um, our our discussion and uh, maybe some insights for other leaders and other organizations, like I think it goes back to what is your value as as a as an organization? What is your core? What is your why for your organization? And if you can come back to that first, mm-hmm. then you decide well, how do we continue to provide? this product and service um, that is our organization.
1: No, that, that really comes back down to it because um, I guess from talking to you and talking to other community members and other um, entrepreneurs and people who run companies, it all comes down to that. Like in an age where things have been disrupted in literally a week and everyone faces the same kind of disruption, a lot of opportunity opens up as well. Yep. And what I'm trying to get to, get to into is that for your, for your, the people you serve, right? Yes. Like, let's talk about their situation, right? It's, you're, talking, you're telling me that they don't have access to internet, computers, or is it that, like, they have kids at home that take up uh, the bandwidth that they have? And then, like, what are they dealing with? What are the challenges there? Sure, sure.
0: I mean, it's not all students. Like, our IT students are generally, this was an easier transition for them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we also teach um, PSWs, personal support workers, um, early child care assistants. Like another challenge with them is they have a placement component, all the placements, um, all the daycare shut down. So where do they go? What are their job opportunities going to be like? Um, you know, we're we're in a unique space, brother, where um, a lot of my a lot of my students. Um, you know, don't have that access. And so how do we support? And It's it's really on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'm not trying to plug in Maestro Mindset here, but it, it does come back to the mindset, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, and, and that's why I'm saying values. What are the values of your organization? And what is your mindset in terms of those deliverables, right? Like yeah. I've been chatting with other entrepreneurs where... Um, and even other colleges in our space, they had to shut down because their staff was just like, we're not going to come, you know, we're just going to stay home, et cetera, right? And and I understand that, you know, my wife is a physician, she's on the front lines of this. Mm-hmm. I understand that from a health perspective, and it is absolutely a crisis, right? And yep. social distancing, all these things that are being um, suggested by the government and the health authority. By, fully believe and, and you know I'm doing my best to comply to all of those things, right? Because I believe that's what's gonna help us through this situation. Um, but you know, there's, there's uh, a lot of my staff that have chosen to come support and we're doing it in shifts, you know, to maintain um, low, uh, a low population in the campus. But the fact that that person wants to come speaks to their values right, and speaks to their mindset their belief,
1: and what we do with Yeah, yeah, yeah. And absolutely, uh, I think this is a time for community and for bringing people together and uh, being able to like, you know, orchestrate their skill sets into something, into a common good, into something beneficial. Yeah. Um, and I see a lot of people who are, you know, with, with the startup community, from the innovation community, uh, from, you know, coming from places of business, they're naturally inclined to do this, right? To organize people and bring them together. And what I'm thinking is, like, you know, we we're, were just talking to Satish Bala from Bala Group. Yeah, I um, saw a
0: bit of that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know like, you joined like, in.
0: Doing some amazing
1: things. Absolutely. And one of his chief concerns is his kids at home and what, what, what their schooling is like, right? Henry, who uh, handles the X, uh, handles the organization at the Blumex, you know, he's now destructive because his kids, he now has to organize as well. He's at home working with them and he realizes there's no school. And he's taking it as an opportunity, he's like, Hey, I'm gonna teach you yoga every day. You know? Something That's, different. Yeah. Right? So yeah. these disruptions are opening up new ways of doing things. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, how do we translate the old way of doing things to a virtual environment? Yes. But through this virtual environment, how can we transform and become the kind of society we need to be? Yeah. How can we retool our citizens? our children, our systems um, into more effective uh, systems for, for the coming future.
0: Yeah, and I, and I love the fact that so many people have been reaching out, mm-hmm. um, you know, friends that I haven't spoken to in a while, um, you know, are connecting and we're doing, <coughs> um, you know, similar chats like this that we haven't done, you know, in years and, and it's just because of, of this kind of situation, right, uh, The yeah. situation that we're in. Um, so I think, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, last year, a lot, there was this trend of mental health, but there was a lot of, um, you know, uh, technology or business ideas behind it, but I felt what was missing was that connection, right? So it's kind of a reset that we're going back to the heart of, of it and reminding ourselves, this is how we connect. And I think that's going to add a lot of value to you know, as you mentioned, opportunities, business opportunities that are coming about. Um, yeah. I, you know, there's this, there's this post that I have on, uh, on my Instagram um, about, uh, you know, the, the world talking about, we can't shut down, you know, for emissions, climate change, etc. And then nature is like, uh, here's a virus practice. And, um, and you know, that, that's, you know, um, really out there for one specific thing, but I think it speaks to your point of here, here's a great moment to, to reset, take a step back and really f- reflect on what's going on. And I think there's a danger to um, constantly seeing these COVID-19 announcements and, you know, uh, getting stuck on social media, that's the easy way to, um, you know, fill our time here. But I hope people take an opportunity to, like, sit back and reflect um, and really think about, you know, what has happened for them in these past few years and seeing the situation now where they'd like to take things. Um, it's really important to self-reflect. And, and I think Henry's idea of, you know, teaching his kids yoga and stuff, is it, amazing. Absolutely. So
1: what are you doing? I... Are you oh, doing man. Yoga? I I should be I should be <laughs> So uh, I'm not sure if I told you this but uh, I mean we're we're basically neighbors as well we live down the street from each other basically oh, But yeah. uh, I just I just bought my first house man like 3 weeks ago and moved in Oh wow okay. 3 weeks ago okay Wow well congratulations Thank you so I'm joining this homeowner life right when all this happens So I am insanely stressed out you know I, and and notably so like I haven't got furniture in here properly I mean I just got a microwave. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and it's it's a really big mind struggle, right? To think about as an entrepreneur, yes, you used to risk but it's but calculator risk. So yeah. when you when I'm buying a property when you're like have all this like you know, I had three months of runway for my business wife doing. I have now nine people part of the company that I have no work for them to do. Yeah. Right. And now I have this house that I have to now take care of. Uh, a family that uh, that lives with me now that uh, I uh, look after. And again, it's all disruption.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Everything's been wiped away. Now it's a clean slate of how do we move forward. Yeah. And it's it's a, it's a scary time to really think as uh, both as a homeowner and as an entrepreneur about how do we operate in time of complete disruption. Yeah. And yet, this is the environment we're made for. Yes, absolutely. You know, this is our environment we're made for. And I've had the pleasure main reason I've done so many of these uh, live chats is because, you know, hold on honest some of what can I do? And I was talking earlier to teach about this, right? I feel like everybody kind of went through this three radical mindset, right? Of like, oh, my God, what do we do? To is like, hey, what can I do? Within the constraints of what it is. And what can I do more of? Yes. And everyone's going to go through this radical mindset at, like, different spaces. Yeah. and uh, I really quickly realized people who came out of like the innovation mindset, with, with, who who benefit of coming from like incubators, accelerators, or a startup, where you're kind of trained to think in this kind of mindset, they're like transitioning much faster. Um, but a lot of people are still catching up. But this is kind of the general uh, trend, right? Of people going from a shock value of oh my god, what are we gonna do? Yeah. To be like, hey, what can we do now? Yeah. And uh, right from the beginning, our thing was. Oh, cool. We have the podcast set up, you know, I have my lights here. Yes. I'm now set up at home. I have this house. Might as well. Let's do Lumex yeah. virtual. Yeah, Let's talk right. to people like yourself right you now.
0: I was thinking, like, as you were saying that, I was like, wow, you have you have a ton of great studio space. Sorry, you, you cut off there. Oh, I was saying as as you were talking about your house and, you know, the lack of furniture, I was thinking that's that's some great studio space you have, right?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. It opened up. Yeah, absolutely opened up. So um, yeah, I'm actually waiting for some stuff from Amazon up here to, to arrive, but the uh, ones that does, we're gonna have a full like kind of a mini studio kind of set up. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it my soapbox. Yeah, you know? <laughs> nice. just focus on message, message, message. You know, what can we deliver out? Yeah. like the Bloomx podcast really been what started to you know help companies deliver their message. Yeah. To help other organizations, based startups and uh, and organizations talk about you know what are their value sets. Um, and how how to amplify that voice they have. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. You know, have, it's like,
0: have you thought about a lot of people are talking about online classes? Have you thought about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of platforms are opening up themselves. Um, there's a lot of people who do, um, you know, online, online works, webinars and stuff, uh, doing that. There's also the exploitative crowd, right, saying, like, hey, 90% off, but they've always had that price. Yes, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think – like, problem is the problem is it's a too much noise, yeah. yeah. right? A lot of people are having a hard time filtered to the noise. And one of the things we're hoping to become is uh, applying a filter. So talking to people like you uh, in a long-form context about, you know, what are the things you talk about, preach about with, with, with your training seminars, Mind for Mindset, and with Conduit, and with, and, and with Computech. You know, getting into your minds in a long form helps people kind of realize, oh, I want to hear more yes the power of free right is that the only thing you have to commit to is your time of understanding so you're committing your time here spending like almost like half an hour 45 minutes an hour with us people who kind of come in and kind of transact with you they can now just you know they're just sitting at home yeah worried about stuff anyways They can come in and find out what's in your mindset and connect with that then perfect how can i get more of this from that person or from other people how can i pursue these ideas better So what I'm really interested in is opening up a a marketplace for ideas, right? A marketplace for ideas, and not just, like, quick snippets of ideas where, like, you know, it's very viral but like, very fluid, like, very, like, it doesn't matter that much. Yeah. You know? But creating long-form content, long-form kind of exploration of ideas where people have a platform to explore things in detail.
0: Yeah.
1: And people who really want to connect to it can connect to it. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, I.
0: That's that's awesome, man. Because I think a lot of people will be, you know, in that um, introspective mode, right? Like what, yeah. what you said about um, what am I good at, and you know, how can I double down on that, etc. Mm-hmm. Listening to these kinds of uh, long form podcasts gives you a gives you a great way to explore things that are not within your um, within your circle, or you know, it opens up your blinders, right? Um, Running through this every day, uh, I guess the best term is rat race. Um, you you miss out on opportunities if you don't have an opportunity to connect in different, like going to an art show, um, you know, uh, going to like a cooking class, whatever. Seeing different things um, opens you up to other opportunities that you might be interested in. Like mm-hmm. everyone, you know, as you said, there's so much noise. Like, a lot of people are talking about these online classes, um, which I think is a good thing. I mean, if, if the content is there, content is king at the end of the day. Um, but uh, everyone's doing online classes. How do you pick the right one, et cetera, et cetera, right? Or you got to go through a bunch. What what other unique thing can you offer um, during this time period? And I, and I think it's really valuable to do something... Uh, i the 90% off. You know, this is a great time. There's a lot of people that are looking to create their presence online, figure things out. This is a great time to experiment with that, connect with people, um, you know, this way um, and see what works. Right. Or yep. listen to long form podcasts and those ideas that might be able to um, help you out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Long form. Yeah. The long form is good. Cause like, like, how much opportunity do you have to have a long-form discussion about things you care about? Yeah. Right. usually, uh, if you're lucky, you can get invited to a panel discussion or, like, a 10-minute thing. Uh, and if you're talking to yourself, you know, one of the most weird things to do is talk to a camera. Yeah. And, try to, you know, trying to do, like, a 10-minute clip even. Like, you're, you're pretty good at this. <laughs> the Last year, I feel like you've trained yourself, and now you're doing communication a lot more frequently, yeah. but for me, it wasn't until like the pandemic hit, yeah. right, that we started doing these kind of. I started talking to talking to the camera and a microphone. Yeah, yeah. And doing this kind of communication. Yeah. Like even my Instagram before or before before this, I'd never actually talked to people like this, you know, through the camera. I've never done a selfie like this when I'm talking, right? Yeah. I always thought it was a, such a weird experience to talk to a device. And now it's just like boom. It's become the new normal. You have to. Yeah. So I think yeah. uh, I think the learning curve, right, like of how to use and blend with machines better, and uh, use them as tools that they're intended to be, um, is definitely taking uh, a poor tick because people are forced to do them. Yeah.
0: How uh, how has it been for you guys setting these up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we had a problem too much of asking for people to come on. We're just having a problem with filtering, you know, the best kind of stories to uh, support. So, if you notice like we started this hashtag, um, hacking COVID nineteen. Yes. Uh, so the reason behind it is like we're trying to figure out all these stories of people who are trying to exist in this new reality, right? Whether you're frontline trying to support, trying to figure out how to fight the disease itself to the second line, what we're calling the second line of defense where you're the innovators trying to create the uh, new infrastructure, right? From everything from education to how people work from home, to how to keep people self-quarantined, how to keep things running, how how to run your business together, right? So um, we're trying to explore all that. So using this hashtag, we're trying to bring together the community. So we're really looking to explore people who are one, handling disruptions of their own business and taking things virtual and running that and sharing they having a knowledge share of how people other people how to do that yeah. to two people who are looking at innovative solutions, like, Oh, what can we deploy right now? Right. You know, I've talked to about uh, three investors so far and it blew my mind. They is the same thing. It's like, it's like, they're like, for the first time I'm not looking at things as the ROI in revenue. Right. I'm not looking at it like, Oh, how much revenue are you going to produce? How much can you, can you produce? How much can you grow to? They're looking at things like what impacts can, can this have right now? And it's changed the mindset of, the, of how they look at projects. Yeah. So they're not looking at things from a financial point. They're like, oh, impact level. And now they're looking at different kind of companies, different kind of solutions, people differently than they really would have. Yeah. So, like, we're seeing radical mind shifts happening, right, in our collective consciousness and how we operate as a society. Yeah. So I think the next thing is going to happen is how, do that, how does that lead to a new infrastructure, Right. That's virtual. That's more transparent, more fluid. Um, and is that going to last? Like yeah. in, seven, if like this pandemic lasts for three months, seven months, we might be running in a completely different reality than what we used to. We're yeah. have function completely differently.
0: I, I, I definitely would agree with that because once you you know believe, conceive, achieve, right now people mm. are conceiving um, out what it feels like to yeah, be working at home. Um, and for those people that they're not used to it, they're being forced into it and, and it is becoming, um, you know, a a potential new reality for them. And I think once you go into that, it's hard to go back. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I definitely think there's going to be a lot of changes. Um, as you said, a lot of new opportunities that are coming up. Uh, I I always think about, you know, like is this now going to be, because there's so much in terms of Uber Eats, um, you know, uh, what are the other ones? Um, uh, you know, all the all these um, services, right? Like um, fast food uh, um, uh, delivery services. Like, is it going to be then, is this a huge opportunity to push uh, uh, automation for vehicles, you know, because people aren't going to want to, um, you know, the social distancing now is is top of mind for people. How much is that going to continue? Like, yep. it, it was hilarious to see the prince, you know, do, uh, I mean, for us, but for some people, Namaste, like, um, and now uh, I know Sadhguru, who I follow, was like, oh, that's why people were doing this in ancient times and blah, 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 right? So are people then, is this like a, you know, a, a huge push for things like automation, Um, of vehicles, um, you know, etc. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: It's
0: it's going to be interesting. And and on the education side, you know, we're in a space where we specifically focus on, you need to be in the classroom. And um, is, you know, for for me, I don't know if it's 10 years or whatever down the line, I've always been looking at uh, uh, the virtual reality aspect. Um, for our for our students, because you need that interaction and you need that kind of uh, immersive experience to learn. In in my opinion, which is why I like people in the class. Right, I think that's a great way to learn. But if this continues forward, like if we're going to if we're going to whether there's virus situations or not, I mean, those can always come up. Whether we're more in line towards this online world. Is for education then the, the virtual reality a better option because bandwidths are going to go up you know more businesses are going to go on online so maybe that way to connect
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and you know especially where in our space soft skills are so vital um, that's a much better way to get into environments where you're Constantly practicing, you know, your greeting in the workplace, your greeting um, in terms of customer service for your. Um, uh, so I've I've always thought about that, and I think is it the Oculus for Samsung where you just you just put it on it's from your mobile phone. Um, yep. You know that that is a option for a lot of people right at home, right? A, um, a very affordable option. So for me to to help my students. You know, create help create that virtual reality environment where it's it's customer service training. Um, I think uh, you know this is this is increasing the opportunity for us to offer that as a, a product and service in the future.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Do you know
0: anyone in VR?
1: Uh, I have uh, a
0: friend in AR actually, but
1: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny when you talk about this because me and your brother are talking about. AR the solutions for uh, med tech solutions like about it's about a year ago. Yes. Um, honestly, like I, I'm a little hesitant about the VR AR community. Like I, right now, it's, it's 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 functioning as like a, a game kind of trendy thing. And you're right. There's a lot of affordable options. Like one of the things I love doing for like on Christmas, I gave away was uh, as uh, Secret Santa gifts was uh, Google cardboard. Uh, it's basically like ten bucks, fifteen dollars for like super cheap um, gifts. You can get a, a cardboard device that you unfold and you attach mm-hmm. your phone and turns your phone into a VR headset. $10. Oh, okay.
0: Nice. Right? Well, now we that we live close to each other, brother, I know what I'll be getting for Christmas from you.
1: Yeah, there you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. But, uh, uh, like, yeah, absolutely there's a way to connect. But I feel I still feel like VR and AR is still out there from the promise it uh, has to deliver. Yeah. Um, if, if you actually know this, like, one of the things I realized was, VR and AR, as the, an the, the, the industry, boomed and busted like seven times in 30 oh, years.
0: really? I didn't know that. Okay.
1: Right? So right from the 60s, there's the people that used to wear a computer, like have a harness with physical, like, you know, one of those big um, desktops hooked to their back, yeah. running, into a, running into a VR headset, saying that this is the future. It's going to allow, like, you know, like uh, construction people and, like, uh, maintenance workers to do all this work, and they could use this for this. And it actually boomed and busted about seven times the past 30 years. Each iteration, each period, um, brought on a new way of, of hardware and software solutions to push it. Yeah. But it kept going down, kept going up, right? And a lot of industries do that. Like, you know, video games had this, had the same thing, both up and down, right? And different kind of modalities came up, the console versus PC. So any kind of new technologies, it goes through these boom and bust cycles to a point that it hits, like, a proper product market fit for it to boom up, to boom up. Even like digital cameras and cameras in general, right? almost every yeah. everything had this kind of period where it had to hit. So I VR, AR, like
0: Google Glasses is perhaps another example.
1: Yeah, absolutely, right. Yeah. So I mean, it, it all comes down to the product market fit and the deployability of the, of the product. But absolutely, I think there's even like low tech solutions, like isn't happy VR, AR. But yeah. how do we deploy things now, you know, in a scalable way to meet the needs of people? Yeah. And one, one of the things I'm interested about is that now we have the capability of wiping this lake clean and kind of starting anew and building new infrastructure. That's much needed.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm, yeah absolutely.
0: I'm I'm really sad that, you know, we met the last time we met face-to-face, you had um, Stitch, which I was, I was so excited about. And, you know, I was telling everybody I could find um, at, at the event at Paddle for Good. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wanted to connect with you because I wanted to do an event with that. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, hopefully sometime soon. But that was a fantastic um, technology that, that you shared. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we really love that product. And talking about like you know, heartbreaks is that we had a three months of like meetings and events scheduled where you can push that product that was meant to be our main product line push. Yeah. Um. And we've been prepping for. We had like a thousand stitch cards coming in that were yeah. getting ready to yeah. distribute out there, and boom, the entire product line is now disrupted. It's un unne- in an environment where people don't meet anymore. Yeah. Right. I I, 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 a physical card that becomes like a digital business card that allows you to transact and show information, and uh, and broadcast uh, information to people between to your phones. Yeah. I mean, that physical interaction's not happening. How can you move that kind of product? Yeah.
0: Yeah so other so i'm curious other than the you know the idea because the idea would change there right there's some disruption there is there also um uh you know different thoughts that you have in terms of um you know um mvp like how you're setting up things like you mentioned you bought the thousand cards would you rethink that now given the environment like
1: yeah, absolutely. Our, in
0: terms of um, operations?
1: Yeah, our entire operations plan for the next three months is in white.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right? Like everything's
1: gone. Like, we're starting from complete scratch right now. And we're pivoting um, what we can. And one of the things we're looking at right now is to create, again, like we said, like a physical marketplace for ideas. Right? So we're taking what we're doing right now and trying to create a database of people who are, you know, the thought leaders who can have ideas to share projects to work on and do that. So people can find a verified database, right. Yeah. Uh, Of people who are willing to have long form discussions or willing to have meetings, who are willing to showcase, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I do. Right. And might be willing to take a call and talk about an idea. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the things we're working on. um, And we're excited to to be doing so. And we're looking to uh, kind of blend sitch and the marketplace together. Okay, right. So one of the promise of Sitch is like, hey, here's one platform that can connect you to all your socials, all your all your all your contact information, your bio, etc., but so that you can control. Yeah. Right. The way I see it is that it's like it's like a, uh, you no, know, you know your contacts on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. How annoying is that? you know, when someone changes their phone number, you have to go in and update it. Yes. What if we can have a universal contact page where? you the individual changes your number changes your where to find you and everybody who has connected to you just gets an instant update yeah just update, on their device, update on their work so i find that there's a modality in that we're pairing that together with the co- the right people yeah and seeing where it takes us hopefully we can get a product market fit with that
0: what what are your thoughts on um i i don't hear as much buzz as as i guess um this time here the blockchain you know, it's it's generally connected with like cryptocurrency, but it's not exclusive to cryptocurrency. It's not. Do you hear and, anything in, in your circles about blockchain?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wish I do. Uh, to be honest, blockchain community is kind of quiet. It quiet it's kind gone quiet down since 2017. Even crypto, even, even as, as volatile as it's been, like there hasn't been much movement in the community as it was. 2017 when things were booming, all these ideas like, oh, the promise of blockchain, the promise of crypto, right? But now I think the real players are like more behind the scenes, right? They're the banking peoples. They are the logistics companies. They're the information architects who are looking at things like, hey, how can we how can we future proof our our stuff using blockchain? Right. Um, but so we don't hear much about it because I feel like it's a lot of background work happening. The real problem with the blockchain is it's not it's it's actually slower, but it's a new way of of promoting transparency of verification the most interesting thing i, I like i find is block with blockchain is um, kyc and aml right so know your customer and anti-money laundering. part of what blockchain brought on was the ability to do that at scale at very low uh, low cost and there now exists all these ways of doing uh, of uh, connecting people and verifying who they are like think about think about the biggest problem we have right now right it's not the fact that people can't find each other because we have internet and social media and content, yeah. but it's the fact that you can't verify that they are who they say they are. Yeah. But think, like, there's so many people right now trolling on Zoom, like you know, connecting to Zoom calls and putting a whole bunch of filth and garbage content out, uh, content out there and kind of disrupting people from taking on calls now, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's like psychiatrists I'm talking to who are like, I'm down to like talk to people for free yeah. Run therapy sessions online. But how do I transact in a marketplace where people are not going to come and waste my time? Yes,
0: yes. Yeah.
1: How can I verify each other? So one of the things that blockchain has done is, is is figuring out a way of cost-effectively verifying people. What I'm looking forward to is how do people use that to create marketplaces for people to transact better openly and yeah. more transparently.
0: Yeah. I, I was um... – yeah, I've been very excited about blockchain uh, for a long time, but um, yeah, I, I, I haven't heard as much as uh, a, a few years ago, but um, I think there's huge potential there. And we have like a blockchain, one of the key players in, in Toronto, I think, um, downtown in Toronto, his name's, uh, I'm missing his name right now, but
1: uh, I think- about he's, Trevor? He's Sorry? Trevor? Oh, okay, no. I thought you were talking about um, Trevor Kerrko, but Dan yeah. Sullivan?
0: uh i can't remember but they're like they have an institution in downtown toronto um and he's one of the lead people it'll come to me but it's him and his son i i feel like it's a dan something um but uh i'm sure
1: people can yeah if you're talking about dan sullivan um yeah he's one of the definitely one of the most uh, leaders in the space uh so he started institution in blockchain one of the earliest institutions in that I forgot what it's called, but I thought I thought I actually thought he was in New York. But if he's here, it's amazing. Him and his son, his son actually uh, wrote a book on blockchain, which is like the book on blockchain. I have it; it's one of the best kind of uh, over overviews into what is blockchain and what it could be. Yeah, and uh, if it's and Dan Sullivan actually wrote the book too on like the nature of the firm mm-hmm. back in the day in the '90s. Okay, like right, you know, which pretty much put a calculation on. Why do companies hire people rather than, you know, uh, then give work to a company? You know, yeah, yeah. why bring this resource internally versus transact with them externally? Yeah. Right. So, like he brought up the discussion that employees are actually super um, ineffective, yeah. right? Think about when you're working a nine-to-five, question office job. You're not really working nine to five. Yeah. You're probably yeah. having four to eight hours a week of high productivity. Most of the time, you're just kind of like. Shifting through emails, kind of like, kind of pretending to do work, and kind of in this, like, gray zone. Yeah. Then you flip it to a switch, and then you do a bunch of work, right? Yeah, yeah. And companies pay for that. They pay for your overhead, pay for the space, pay for the lights, the water, this, all that kind of stuff. And your salary, just for the security of having you there, physically. Yeah, yeah. So when things go, to, go, they can control the work chain, the work from yeah. Right? And they pay a lot. Uh, they, they, there's a lot of uh, sacrifice against monetary that goes into that security. Yeah. So he talked about, you know, when does it come to a point where you can now, instead of internalizing a resource, externalize it. What's that book called? Uh, so yeah, uh, so Dan Sullivan wrote a few books. So uh, I think it's called The Nature of the Firm. And okay. it's quoted a lot. Yeah, it's quoted a lot in um, blockchain work because you know, he, he wrote, really wrote the foundations of, of the blockchain community nowadays follows as well. Yeah. So no,
0: I, I somebody actually I, I get a lot of calls for um, executive assistants. Mm-hmm. Like people want to hire executive assistants. Yeah. And um, people always ask me how I I manage things. I had an EA before, um, and, and at different points, but right now I just different people are managing different things. And I always think about where can I automate here,
1: <laughs> um,
0: and uh, you know, and there's a few people I know that are in the chatbot like AI, mm-hmm. um, so they're always you know um, reminding me of that too. But I, I think I'd love to read that book. It sounds very interesting because, yeah, it, it is it is a lot of work to make that person, um, whereas, uh, but it but it's also you know you got to be you gotta be sure of your operations to send that out to someone, right? Like if you're gonna use a chatbot, for example, for or automate part of your processes, you have to like clearly outline them. Perhaps that happens a lot in the tech space, but in some, you know, where it's clearly defined, but uh, some sectors you can't do that, right? So it's yeah. it a balance, but uh, yeah, I'm a big believer in that.
1: Absolutely, um, automation yeah. is key. And one of the things that, that software has brought on is the ability for everyday people to automate a lot of their life very cost-effectively, and with very little knowledge of how to do it too, right? Um, and I'm excited to see like, uh, how people explore a lot of that in the coming days to make their life a lot easier. Um, earlier on, we were talking about, with Satish, how now work is not like work anymore, especially now, post-COVID-19, it's work-life, instead of work-life balance, it's work-life integration, how, how the two blend together.
0: Yeah, 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 and he's he's in a a, a lot of interesting space because I believe he has an incubator as well, right? Yes. Um, something you guys, should,
1: you guys definitely got to connect. Um, I'm gonna. We have we have connected. We just have never met face to face. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, you guys got to get in a call uh, for for sure and uh, keep in contact because uh, I think you guys are both in a very similar kind of mindset. Yeah. And sure. uh, we'll definitely connect very well. But uh, other than that, man. Yeah, we've been at it for another hour. Oh, nice. Okay. So, this has been great. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks. But uh, yeah, let's do more of these and uh, keep in contact.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah. All the best to you. And uh, when this is all died down, hopefully we'll uh, catch up over at my place or your place uh, soon, since we're neighbors. Here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got it.
1: All right. Perfect, buddy. Okay. Take care, buddy. Take care. Take care. Yeah. See ya.